Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's Rocking Your World, coming to you from Melbourne's Rockdown number six, The Never Ending Story Meets Groundhog Day. And today, joining us, as always, we have Daryl Lock Around the Clock Munton, <laughs> <laughs> and we have Peter Don't Lock the Jukebox Lucas. And I'm Jules Lock Lobster Sutherland. <laughs> so here we are for What's Rocking Your World, where we have a little chat about the music and or pop culture that we've been consuming of late. So Dell, what's been rocking your world? Uh, well, I, you know, being in lockdown on Netflix, as everybody else is, um, I, I sort of had a look around for a, a music documentary the other night and I, I found Echo in the Canyon. Have you ever seen that? It's... It's this gorgeous um, documentary, and it's it's produced by and presented by um, Jacob Dylan. You know him? Is it Bob's relative? Bob's son. Okay. Is this about Laurel Canyon? Yeah, yeah. Ah. It's really good. You know, it's um, it's got like look, it's a list of people. It's got you know a lot about the Beach Boys, Buffalo Springfield, Crosby, Stills, Nash yeah. and Young, and it's how they Danny started. Mitchell, yeah. King. Um, yeah. Uh, the birds and their all of their competition and, and and friendship with the Beatles and you really get an insight into how that California sound happened and how they started and the, and the, the bullshit that sort of went on with the media about the battles between them there weren't really battles and they all kind of were really helping each other and loving each other and in some cases really loving each other um, and and then you know presented by Jacob Dylan you know and obviously Jacob has a lot of Sway to get to meet a lot of people because he's Bob's son and everyone's known probably, Jacob. Probably knows him. Yeah. yeah, they've known him as growing up, you know. And so he's interviewing some, you know, it's Ringo and he's interviewing, well, he's interviewing Tom Petty and Jackson Brown and, and all of the people from the Mamas and the Papas and Eric Clapton, um, Neil Young and Stephen Stills, Graham Nash, Crosby, all of them. He's interviewing them all and asking them about what it was like to be in Laurel Canyon and creating stuff. And all the stories that came up about, you know, who's sleeping on whose couch and when they crashed over here and who introduced who to drugs and everything like that. It's just brilliant stuff. But Jacob Dylan, he's like, he's fully intense. Like, he's, um, he is, you know, he's sort of quietly like, oh, yeah, right. And they're all saying all these amazing stories. like, mm, yeah, right. It's like he's <laughs> not phased by anything. He's, uh, I don't know if he's putting his act on or whatever, but it seemed like this is just who he is. He is so confident and sure about himself. And I really got intrigued by Jacob Dylan. Anyway, he, that, him, Regina Spector, Beck, Cat Power, um, uh, I forgot their name, but anyway, um, they, they put on a concert and played some of the songs from this era. And so that's interspersed through the, through the documentary. And it's so freaking good. And they're not trying to change it all. They are being as true to the, the music as they possibly can. But it's got um, these people, beautiful voices, singing these songs. So that's the only real difference is that they're, they're doing this music beautifully. Yeah. In some cases, they even, they even did, um, I can't remember which Beach Boys song it was, but they even Brian Wilson came in and played piano on it at one point in the studio when they recorded a version of this. And it's... It's spectacular. And Jacob Dylan's voice is really sublime. It's really, it's, it's so bizarre. It's like Bob Dylan gave birth to someone who could sing. <laughs> it's, I've been waiting to use that line since the, the day. It's, it's so, it's what I thought of like, wow. 
it's like Bob Dylan, but can sing, you know, it's so good. Um, he's got such a great voice and such a um, gentle, but, you know, it sounds like Bob Dylan. But, but in key and, and totally saying, saying <laughs> on all the time. I loved it. So I that led me to sort of go into um That must out. really piss his dad off. <laughs> A family singing thing around Christmas time or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jacob's just like, shut up, Dad, I've got this one. <laughs> you had a tune again, old man. <laughs> so it's really... see, all right. <laughs> Hey, Dad, <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Bob. And, and it was interesting, Bob wasn't anywhere to be heard. He was not in, in this documentary at all, which is probably you know, the clever of Jacob not to reference his old man. Sort of. <laughs> um, but it was it was really good. And so it got me going down the, the path of like, well, okay, what music has Jacob Dylan done? I know the Wallflowers, and they did that um, Three Marlenas, One Headlight, um, Sixth Avenue Heartache, which is really beautiful songs. Um and he's had lots of albums. He's done lots of solo albums. So I started listening to some of it. It's really, really nice. I think, I think I'm going to listen to a lot more of it. And I did this with a few bands where I start to learn about the actual musicians themselves. And it turns yeah. me onto their music because when I'm listening to that music, I'm imagining them. Yeah. And it yeah. makes me appreciate it so much more because they're not just, you know, it's, they're not just sort of faceless people that I don't have any, any connection to. And I really was like, I'd follow Jacob Dylan. He is an interesting looking guy. And he's so, he's like Bob Dylan's intensity and his confidence and sureness, but, uh, you know, younger. And it's so, so nice. So I'll be delving more into, into the Wallflowers and uh, Jacob Dylan. So that's some of the music. That's where we got into the music. And then just recently, I don't know if you know about the Inspiration4 um, mission. No. Crickets. Um, uh, mission? Yeah, yeah. It's the first um, civilian uh, astronaut launch ever, really. Fully, fu fully oh, no. um, thing, fully civilian. So they're actually going on a SpaceX um, in the Dragon capsule thing, and they're going to orbit the Earth for four, uh, three days. Whoa! So I, uh, Jared Isaacman, who is a billionaire, um, paid for this thing, and he's a really he's a bit of a um, adventure dude as well. Fires flies fighter planes in his spare time and does all this stuff, amazing things. But he's also really big into helping um, charities and helping, he's helping out this hospital. And so he, it, it's a documentary called Countdown, which is about them preparing for this mission. And there, um, you know, there's four, the four of them, and he's basically, the, the, his group has selected for different reasons, the, the different astronauts. And, you know, one of them's from, a, one of them's a cancer survivor from this hospital that they're giving wow. a charity for. And they're going to spend three days in space orbiting the Earth um, with this in this capsule, so it's the first two episodes are out. They're actually launching in about four days. Oh wow! So it's yeah, it's groundbreaking. So you know, I've been getting into spacey stuff a lot, and I just love this stuff. And you know, I would go. I don't know if any, would any of you have you? Hell yeah! Yeah, you're right. Hell yeah! <laughs> I want to go to the moon. Uh, I think that would just be the most incredible experience of standing on the surface of the moon Absolutely. and looking back at the Earth. Yeah. And then having sex in zero G would also be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. be with some bungee cords, maybe to help out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, I wondered, wondered, what would it be like to take acid in space? Oh god, <laughs> probably worse than taking acid in on Earth. I, I hate yeah, it. Maybe, maybe you get really grounded. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hits and giggles in a whole new time slot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you go, Jules? I 
yeah, I definitely do have a, a big curiosity about space. I sort of, I, I in my in my um, my youth as a as a little sort of uh, third eye tipper, I, I I've ventured out into space through my consciousness that many times that I'd be kind of in a way I'd almost it'd almost be a hard act to follow. <laughs> and, and you know, when I when I just do it. With my with my awareness and my like astral bungee cord, I don't have to worry about going to all the training and wearing like big suit and you know all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I'm sure it would be fantastic. And um, yeah, all power to you. I will cheer you both on. <laughs> yeah. So Pete, what's been rocking your world? Okay, so um, a lot of new music actually, because um, obviously doing the high fi mixtape show, I'm always keeping an eye out for new music to mix in with old favorites. Um, a couple of really good ones that came through in for, for the last show that have just been in the last week or so. So, um, new Duran Duran album, uh, well, single, I should say, the album's not out yet, is awesome. What is it called? Um, it's called Anniversary, oh. and it's really, really good. Now, I like Duran Duran. Um, a lot of 80s stuff I have come to as an adult, um, and it's really good. No, it sounds a lot like Duran Duran back in their heyday. Now, I don't know if that's... From a critical perspective, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I would Maybe that. you want them to evolve and sound, I don't know, more grown up. But it just sounds like good old um, Duran Duran. And it's just a rollicking good track. It's really good anniversary. <laughs> Another new single I found was, do you remember the Psychedelic Furs at all? Another 80s band that really didn't do anything, not in this country, I don't think, but they were always in like John Hughes films yeah. and things like that. So they've got a new single out called Evergreen, which I'm really loving. It doesn't actually sound like the Psychedelic Furs of old at all, actually. It reminds me, you might not you might not know them, but there's a, there's a German band called RPWL, which started off as a Pink Floyd cover band, and they sound like Lady Years Pink Floyd. Anyway... I was listening to this and going, wait, this sounds like RPWL. And it's it's very different. It's still kind of got that dark, gothic-y... Uh, they weren't really gothic-y, but they kind of mm. had a, like a, a tinge, like three drops of essence of terror or something like that. And it was kind it, of like 80s goth, wasn't it, really? You know, it was kind yeah, of... but, it, but they weren't as, like, sort of... They weren't like Susie the Banshees no. and The Cure and things. They weren't They didn't that far, no. though, but they were... Yeah, but a bit, a bit more rockier. But this is really good. Anyway, it's, it's sort of... Not slow, but it's got that slower beat and it's kind of dark tinge right. anyway really really good i love the, the psychedelic first yeah. songs that i knew from back then i loved oh pretty and pink oh, yeah. love my way yeah. love oh. your whatever it's called yeah. heartbreak beat whatever yeah. it's called. great yeah. love it um eddie vetter's got a new one out so he's oh, got to have a new album out um this year sometime a new single i played it last night i love it love it love it love it it actually sounds a lot like tom petty and the heartbreakers oh. and that's uh, and i don't know if this is why but the keyboarders from the heartbreak is, is actually playing on the song and chad and the new new guitarist from red hot chili peppers are also playing on the track oh. i did i thought john frusciante was still the guitarist i don't follow red hot chili peppers anymore it's cool been dancing in and out for shanty for a long time and yeah that's that's john frusciante um but yeah so some guitarist that isn't john frusciante or ilel slovaks or um the guy from James Addiction. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Navarro. <laughs> Some other guitarist who's in Red Hot Chili Peppers plays on the track with Chad Smith on drums. Oh. And it's great. It does sound like Tom Petty. Mm. It's awesome. 
it's got that kind of what do they call Tom Petty? That Heartland America kind of music, you know, like it's got that vibe. It really does, and it's very cool. Oh, that's so exciting! To, to a mixture of Eddie Vedder, um, you know, uh, and, and Tom Petty. Like, what more? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Eddie, but it's kind of the Heartbreakers too. Eddie, Eddie and the Heartbreakers. Eddie and the, Eddie oh, and the Heartbreakers. Oh, imagine that. Yeah, no, it's a really. Uh, it's called um, a Long Way. Yeah. So the new album's going to come out at some point. I don't know if that's the whole album's going to have that vibe. But this track certainly does, and I loves it. Um, and also, oh, a really new... Um, uh, so going back to the Pink Floyd thing is that they've re-released Momentary Lapse. Now, they did this whole new remix a couple of years ago for the Lady Years box set or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And they've just now released Momentary Lapse as, as its own, that same mix as its own. So it's been re-released, and they've done some... Um, they found that so they had Rick Wright had done some parts for a lot of the songs that weren't included, and I read a thing with David Gilmore saying, "No, this is how the album should have sounded, and this is like this was us. It was Pink Floyd. And if you remember, Daryl, you probably might remember this. If you, did you buy Momentary Lapse as an album? So I remember it was like the picture was it was Dave Gilmore and um, Nick Mason on the yes. cover. Well, he was, but then about, in small yeah. letters, Rick. So I think Rick." I think the story is that he kind of came in a little bit later. He was he was booted out a little bit or disappeared, and and it has been in and out of the band over the years. And then it was they brought him in as a keyboard player because they they wanted his 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 input. But yeah, he wasn't really part of the band when they were but, creating. But then and I think when they when it took off, I think they just said, "Dude, we're like, back together. <laughs> come on." Yeah, um, and that's the thing. So I, I, the new the new mix is very much no. This is this is the Floyd. This is the Floyd Sands Roger. Um, doing momentary lapse of reason, and so yeah, the mix is if you can pick up the subtleties of differences, which if you're used to listening to different mixes and masters, very, which, I, which I do, yeah, it's very slightly it's nice. different. I, you know, I love that album. It was kind of like oh, you know, it was, yeah. it was perfect for me at that time, and it was great big Dave Gilmore guitar stuff, and, and it was amazing. But when I've now heard, I think I heard one song off of the other day, and I'm like, they changed it. I, I don't know if I can handle this. I don't like to do that because it's I'm missing those little nuances, but it is very subtle, but I know it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The, and the keyboard parts are definitely more, Rick Wright's definitely more present, yeah. which, you know, he was an integral part of uh, Floyd always, really. And his sounds. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, and, on, that, on that note, I, um, uh, for some reason, my phone just presents me a bunch of news things and entertainment stuff. And one of the things was a video um, that they must have just released recently of the making of the album cover. Do you remember the album cover? Of Momentary Labs? Yeah. The well, they've redone, the cover's been slightly revamped. Well, they, they had, uh, I was on this beach somewhere in England where they had 700 hospital beds laid out on the beach. Oh, they literally had hospital beds on the beach. Literally 700 oh, hospital wow. beds. And, and they, they, they had a whole bunch of volunteers, they laid them out, they made the beds, they, they had all sorts of things ready, and it was all laid out, and the weather started to turn, the ocean started to come in. And they had to just, like, abandon it. They pulled as many as they could out, but they abandoned it. And, like, two days later, they came back, and there's all these beds that are half buried in sand. And they got people out again and pulled them out again and got them all laid up and then made the beds with all the blankets. They had tractors with blankets and mattresses and everything. They made the beds again. And it's this whole video. of It goes, goes for about 20, 30 minutes. And there's, there's, like, a helicopter flying over the top of it, and there's dogs running through it because they did Dogs of War in there as well. And, it's it's a really good thing, so I'll give I'll put the link in there of that as well. Yeah, because I think that was one of the last things Storm Ferguson would have done because he died. Oh no, it was a few. Years no, after I that. think he did. It was. I think he did even it, Division Bell. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It was quite and shine on actually. So yeah. Um, so the only only other thing I want to mention. Oh no, there's two things I I, I just have to mention. One is um, never mind. Just turned thirty. Yes. Feeling old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, Abba. Um, have come back. Have you heard? Can you ever? Yeah. I, I'm totally underwhelmed. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, I don't know. I got, I got no words. It's designer, designer label music. I think now. I haven't mentioned there yet. I heard about it, but um, yeah, I'm still kind of detoxing from from uh, ABBA over ABBA. The, uh, when I worked in a couple of, of fields where. Abba was just on overly high rotation for many, many years. So, yeah. yeah. But, yes, I, I'm excited for them, though. Like, I'm excited about the prospect of it, but it sounds as though the single has uh, left you not fan, having said that. But I do like the idea that they're going to be doing this holographic concert, mm. which totally is blowing my mind. Mm. So the stage, there's gonna they're going to be on stage, the young versions of themselves are going to be on stage performing but it's not actually them. Mm. It's totally holographic. They're, they're in studio. There's pictures of them with all their VR. You know, what do you call those suits, Daryl? The VR. Those ones, right? Mm-hmm. The space suits with the dots and things. Yeah, yeah. And they're doing it at the moment. And so, yeah, that that would be wild. That's that would totally I, be wild. I love it. I think it's great. Um, I heard the, the songs and I thought, yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice and it's average. And I'm really, I'm really happy for them that they are. They finally managed to get everyone together and, and record again and, and make music together. Because, you know, they're creative people, they, they, especially the guys. They wanted to do oh, this. Benny and Bjorn are bloody brilliant yeah. songwriters. Yeah, like, yeah. They're just awesome. But it's so interesting listening to this new song because they do sound like old women singing. You know, they've got a little bit more <laughs> sort of shake in their, in their voice when they didn't, you know, back in the day. Um, that's totally fine, but you can tell the difference. Um, yeah. But I, I, I actually like it. Um, I was chatting to a friend of mine who is also just starting work at ILM, which is where I'm heading to in a couple of weeks. Yeah, because the... And they're doing, doing the gig, yeah. Yeah, yeah, my mate Marty. I said, oh, what are you up to? And he goes, oh, I'm working on this ABBA job. It's fantastic. It's really good fun. And um, they, they're apparently having like thousands of people working on this thing. And it's wow. it's a really clever idea because, especially in this world of like who could actually tour at the moment, um, they'll be able to tour this thing. Mm. Because they don't need any <laughs> particular people on stage. They can just like send this over to another country, set it up and find four actors that could be something similar. And then bang, they've done it. Yeah, but my question is, why the younger selves? Why not just be yourself? Why the, not be the old, crusty yeah, versions? So of you, I think the know? main reason is because the, the women didn't really want to do this. Like, they don't want to tour. They don't, they've got nice... Yeah, I know. Right. For free, I'm surprising that they're even back. I know. Frida was like, nah. So I think they've gone, well, what's the best way? We can't put ourselves on stage because, you know, we're too old. They don't want to... They don't want to tour. And maybe people don't really... I mean, some people would want to see them doing it, but they're just not the same people. Well... Let's make some sort of new art form yeah. out of this and, and yeah. be creative about it. And I, I, I applaud that. Yeah. So what's rocking your world, Jules? So remember um, a, a previous What's Rocking from a few weeks ago, I talked about how Colin Hay, it was sort of like I had this experience of all road leading back to Colin Hay. Yeah. I've, had, I've just been in something similar, except this time around it's been Jim Morrison, which is kind of interesting. So the um, the documentary that I know um, Pete and I have both spoken about briefly and we'll probably get more into it um, in a coming episode, but 1971, the year that music changed everything. And, I mean, 
there was so much going on in 1971 um, with the civil rights movement and Vietnam and all the rest of it. By no means was Jim Morrison's death in 1971 the most important thing that happened that year, but just so happened that it did. And so, you know, that turned up in the, the documentary that I was watching. Um, that was 71, was it? Mm. Yeah, I think died in 71. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, Jimmy and Janice were just like just a few months before at the end of 1970. So wow. that was a, you know, the, the trifecta all kind of happened very, very quickly there. Um, trifecta of death. That's a very unfortunate way to group things together, wasn't it? Three winners, <laughs> three winners altogether. Sportsbet would probably They'd love have it. something on that though. Yeah. Which three artists are going to pass in the next No, year? no, no, no. Um, but, yeah, so, so Morrison turned up in that. I also, last What's Rockin', I talked about Band Spleen, um, this uh, podcast slash talk show where they go right into the history of a band and work right through their entire discography and, um, and talk about all of that. And I, um, I did the U2 one just after we... We uh, spoke last time, and then uh, straight after that, I did the Doors one, and that was just so much fun. Um, fun in a really dark, Doorsy, <laughs> messed up, drugged up way, kind of slightly, yeah, twisted sort of a way. Um, and I was reminded in that of the fact that I, so I, I actually did, even though you know we've well and truly established how very uncool I was as a child and, and, and arguably have continued to be as an adult. Um, but I did really get into the doors and I, I got into them initially. I was introduced to them as a, as a phenomenon, mostly through the Oliver Stone movie that came out um, also in 1990. Ditto. Ditto. And um, that, you know, say what you want about the movie, but it was, um, I, I thought... Val Kilmer was absolutely amazing as Jim Morrison. And I saw recently, and this is, it's really quite an intense thing. Um, have you heard about this documentary that Val Kilmer has just... Oh, yeah, yeah. his son's... Yeah. Well, so, yeah, so it's just called Val. It's um, it's on Prime. And so Val Kilmer has recently had throat cancer and he um, had the, what do we call it, tracheostomy, I think? Yeah. He now speaks by covering this hole in his throat. Um, and he has, so essentially this has put an end to his acting career because it's, you know, it's, it's actually, you know, he speaks sort of quite, it's almost sort of like a robotic type mm. sound and everything. And um, and it's the, the radio treatment has taken its toll on his, his mm-hmm. everything. Um, but fascinating thing is that Val Kilmer, was one of the very first people to ever own a handheld video camera. Mm-hmm. And he's been documenting his life since he was a child. Mm. He has had a video camera on him all the way through his teen set and everything. Early acting yeah. career. And I there was so much about him that I didn't know. He um but you know we I guess most of us got introduced to him maybe around Top Gun time and whatever and he sort of had this, you know, pretty boy kind of um persona and you know he's a very good looking young man he was actually the the youngest person ever to be accepted to the Juilliard School of Acting he was he was you know a bit of a a prodigy in that regard and um and there's amazing footage of him just after he graduated um there was a play that he wrote himself 
uh, that was on Broadway that starred Sean Penn and Kevin Bacon. Oh. And there's a whole, like, he's got all this footage of, like, behind the scenes of this, you know, and this would have been in the, like, mid-'80s, I suppose, and he's mm-hmm. getting around Early with it. Oh, it must have been even earlier than that. I was the first guy I knew to own a video camera. Here we are, filming ourselves. Uh, is that a it's video rolling, camera? yeah. Oh, that's really cool, Val. Um, and, yeah, anyway, absolutely amazing that he has managed to document so much of his life and then now has gone back and put it together and released it as this beautiful artistic experience. It's, it's, um, it was directed and edited by other people. So uh, I've forgotten the name of the director, but really, really, really beautifully made. This um, It's just called Val. Um, and it's like an incredibly sad story, actually, because, you know, you get to, to really see just how talented he is and what he was doing just before he got the throat cancer was that he, he was doing a one-man show of him playing Mark Twain. Um, and wow. he... Yeah, and he was touring that around and he'd done like a, a decent season on Broadway, I think maybe West End as well. And he was, you know, the footage of him playing Mark Twain was just, you couldn't, you couldn't believe that it was Val Kilmer under all of that, you know, like so committed. And that was the, he felt as though that was the role he was born to play and that was sort of like his whole career had been leading up to that. And then it was, it was you know, as they were about to sort of kick the tour into the next year that he got the throat cancer and now that's pretty much, you know, him as far as his acting career. But such an interesting documentary. So, so, so fascinating to watch and just amazing that they have all this footage from so many, you know, that he has so much footage of his entire life documented in ways that, that, you know, most of us just don't. So, Well, that'd be interesting. Um, I've been seeing, you know, watching about uh, the the Top Gun, the new Top Gun coming out. And um, I've noticed that just the other day that the, Tom Cruise was said he, he needed to have Val Kilmer in this new one somehow. And I didn't understand really because I had no idea of the story. Uh, I don't know why that there was such an issue about it. Like, you know, just have him in there as some sort of thing. But, yeah. Um, that's obviously, why. it's because of this. And, yeah. um, and the. Um, very different now, too. Like, yeah. it's, you know, I mean, he was such a, a good looking mm. young man. And, and um, the, I'm assuming it's it's with the, the therapy that he had for his cancer and stuff. It's sort of like, yeah. you know. His face is, is really quite different to it what he's... Yeah, people don't survive that very well, do they? Um, yeah, I, I, when I lived in LA, I lived next, to his, next door to his brother. And um, he used to uh, apparently come over. And I only really got to know his brother right near the end of when we were leaving LA. And, and, and I'm like, Kilmer, mm, is this any your relation to Valkyrie? He goes, yeah, it's my brother. And I said, did he ever come here? And he goes, yeah, he came here a few times. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I liked him. Do you ever see Top Secret? He's in Top Secret. Yeah, that's right. Yes, and he talks about that. I love that. I love those films. So that's what's been rocking our world. Thank you so much for joining us for another Rockdown special. In lockdown. In lockdown. And please uh, remember, if you haven't subscribed on YouTube, which the button should be somewhere around here, please do press the subscribe button. And uh, also, you can find us on Facebook, our Hits and Giggles page. And you can also join the Hits and Gigglers Facebook group where hopefully you can come and share your own stuff. That's that's an opportunity for you to share. And we've also got a Spotify playlist with each episode. So check out Hits and Giggles on Spotify. That's right. And we do this every week in some form or another, either What's Rocking Your World or our full Hits and Giggles episodes. So come back and join us any Monday for the premiere and any time thereafter that you want to go back through our Hits and Giggles experience. So thank you and we will catch you next time. That's what's been rocking our world.